right, welcome back to the big program. Just after 10 o'clock in Edmonton, going to be a chilly few days. Minus 23, minus 22 for a high today. Minus 29 tonight. Could be, uh, And it's going to be chilly weather in Kansas City for the wild card game between KC and Miami. Did you know that, Schlemmer? So it's minus 6, they're saying, for a high Fahrenheit. So minus 21-ish. Ooh. You imagine? That's, that would be like playing a game right now in Edmonton. Yeah, that's cold. Never mind the wind chill. They're saying could be gusts up 20, 30 miles an hour. Yeah, it's freezing. I did an outdoor game in about minus 20, and it was tough. <laughs> Tried doing the world's longest hockey game for 250-hour Schlemmer when it's minus 50 with the wind chill. I might take a pass on that one. Um, little nippy it was. It was a little nippy. Uh, the Duke's just lining up Steve Tasker who is, uh, well, he's an icon in Buffalo. An icon. A legend? He's a legend in Buffalo. There you go. Uh, you know, all four years the Buffalo Bills went to Super Bowl. I mean, he's there. Some great documentaries. on. Uh, it's called The Four Falls, 30 for 30. Bills. Uh, oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, to get to four Super Bowls is tough. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, the, it was a Scott Norwood kick that was wide left or right, whatever it was. You know, you're like an encyclopedia of sports. No, history, no, no, right? no, 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 not even close. That's why. See, I, I, I hedge my bets wide left or wide right. So I just, I'm fifty percent. There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, let's welcome in uh, Steve Tasker to the program. As NFL Wild Card Weekend is upon us, uh, Steve. Thanks for hopping on with us on Sports fourteen forty. You're with Kevin Carries and former NHLer David Schlemko. Uh, thanks for coming on this morning. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, it's going to be an interesting weekend, and of course the Bills are home to Pittsburgh on uh, Wild Card Weekend. Do you think right now that the Bills are peaking at just the right time heading into the playoffs? I don't know. Yeah, I think they certainly have put together some good efforts, um, and it, it has been indicative of this run that they've been on that a different aspect of their team has won every game. That should give them some confidence that they can win games a lot of different ways. And sometimes in the playoffs, that's what you've got to do. The Steelers team that's coming in this weekend presents its own problems. They're a physical football team. They play very close to the vest. Uh, if if they're going to win at the, on the surface, it looks like the Bills will have to mistake their way into giving the Pittsburgh Steelers this game. The Bills seem to be a better team. Uh, they certainly have the better quarterback. Uh, and we'll see if the Bills can score enough points to outdistance the Steelers. But right as it stands right now, without T.J. Watt on the field, their defense is going to be hampered. Uh, and it does look like the Bills are as healthy mm-hmm. as most of the teams in National Football League, particularly at their key spots. Do you think without T.J. Watt, Steve, that they're going to be able to get enough uh, or more pressure, enough pressure on uh, on Allen? Well, certainly you take a player that you know the caliber of a defensive player of the year like tj watt off the field uh, it's hard to look the same uh, plus they're playing a the team in buffalo josh allen is the most difficult quarterback in the league to sack um, he is athletic enough and he gets rid of the ball enough he's good enough from the pocket whether he's under pressure or not uh, to make you pay for pressure packages and if unless you can get quick pressure with just four guys uh, you got to try something. You got to send extra people, and the, and the Bills have had answers for that. So, it's a tough, tough team, or the Buffalo Bills, to go into a game without your best pass rush available. Um, we'll see how the Pittsburgh Steelers adjust to that. 
but that is a, that's an enormous issue for the Steelers. Hmm. Well, Steve, uh, kind of a weird year for the Bills here. The one stat that stands out to me, uh, just only having one loss to a playoff team, uh, that being Philly in overtime. Um, so what's what's the story behind that? Is this like a mindset thing or just? Uh... Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's a good question because you're right. They they do have the reputation, at least this version of the Bills has the reputation of playing up to or down to their competition. Um, it's been three years since they've lost a game by double digits. Nobody outdistanced them. They're just too hard to beat. Josh Allen uh, has the ability to you know, put his cape on and score and keep it close and, and make plays late. Even in four of the six losses they've had this year, Josh Allen gave them a lead in the last two minutes of the game. Uh, and in four of the six losses, they couldn't hold it. Uh, now, they did hold it in a lot of the wins and some of the 11 wins that they did, but Josh Allen, um, he just never lets this team get beat by double digits. So uh, even when they play a team or when they're not playing their best, it's a close football game. And I think that has a little bit to do with, you know, the, the quality of their wins and also the, the – uh, I don't know if you call it quality of their losses, but it's, it's a reputation they've had. Uh, now in the playoffs, that should play to their advantage. You don't you don't meet uh, you don't meet two and fifteen teams in the playoffs. You know you don't ever get to these teams that are struggling in the playoffs. Uh, you meet pretty good squads. So the Bills, if they do play up to that reputation, should play really well against the Steelers. Steve Tasker, our guest on Sports 1440. Kevin Carries and David Schlemko. Uh, the weather in Kansas City is going to be just nasty. It's a little bit better, I think, for Buffalo. But how much do you think that will come into play on Sunday? Uh, it will be a factor. It tends to, you know, the old adage is that it levels the playing field. A bad team becomes better and a really great team becomes a little worse. Um, although, you know, when you get up into the northeast here in the, in the lower 48 down here, um, you know, teams like Pittsburgh, New England, New York, the New York teams, Chicago, um, you know, even Seattle to a certain extent. Um, these teams live, and, and you know this, Dave, I mean, you live in the cold weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's less of an adjustment. When you get off the plane, you expect it. It's not a huge mental adjustment. You know what you're getting into. Um, you play in it, you live in it. It doesn't slap you in the face when you get off the charter plane, you know. And if you're a team like <laughs> Miami going to Kansas City where it's going to be minus eight, yeah, that's a shock. And it will be a bigger adjustment for those kind of teams. But Buffalo playing Pittsburgh, um, I mean, I make that drive once in a while. It's not that long. So this, these two teams, I think, will be on pretty even playing field as far as conditions go. But in Kansas City, Ooh. yeah, that's a big difference when you got guys that are, you know, wearing flip flops and gym shorts on the plane, getting off the getting off the plane, having to put parkas on. Uh, Steve, with the Bills playing in so many tight games down the stretch, um, you think that gives the group a little bit more confidence coming into the playoffs? Yeah, I don't think they're they won't flinch in these tough spots. They're used to playing in games like this. I think they you know, they've been in the playoffs five straight years. They've been in games like this. Um I I don't think there's any flinch in them. They got really good veteran leaders. Josh Allen now is a wily veteran. Steph Diggs, same thing. Mitch Morse, the offensive center, Deion Dawkins. They've got some guys in Poyer and Hyde at the safety positions. They've got a lot of grizzled guys on this squad that, you know, they're not gonna flinch in if they have a bad quarter or a bad series or two. So um, it does, you know, being in games that are tight is a little bit more common 
at this point in history in the NFL, there's a ton of like 70, 75 to 80 percent of the games in the NFL are all single digit games uh, in the in the score. You do see the occasional blowout, but for the most part, a lot of teams have a lot of experience playing in tight games. So I think you can expect that, uh, but you can also expect these guys to be really prepared for it. not only the Bills but also the Steelers, Chiefs, Dolphins, Texans, all of those guys. It's it's kind of the space they live in these days. Hey, Steve, does a game like this have James Cook kind of written all over it? Yeah, I think I think it does have a little bit of, um, you know, hand it off and take care of the football. The Steelers are very good at punching the ball out. Turnovers are going to be huge for the Steelers in this game. If they can get on the positive side of the turnover ratio, they've got a much, much better chance, an exponentially better chance to beat the Buffalo Bills. Um, but, yeah, that, that comes down to Josh Allen turning it around and handing it off to James Cook or handing it off to uh, uh, Leonard Fournette or Ty Johnson if he's available. So the run game and the possession of the ball is going to be huge in this game. And I think for an underdog like the Steelers coming into Buffalo, they, you'll see they are going to try and punch the ball out at every opportunity, and that, that means you're going to have to watch out for it. And James Cook, you know, has uh, he's actually, you know, for a guy who fumbled his first ever carry in, the pro, in pro football, mm-hmm. uh, he's done really well with that uh, of late. So, uh, it's something you've got to be aware of, but it's also something that uh, when you get a game like this, you know they're going to be handing it off, and whoever runs the ball better uh, is going to have a huge leg up. Awesome. So huge to have home uh, – not home ice, home field advantage, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> for the Bills. Could be icy. Um, this week, possibly next week if Baltimore loses. Um, can you just talk about the uh, what the atmosphere is like in the city? Is it buzzing? Is Bills Mafia ready to go? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, it's this this entire last 12 months, uh, actually since Josh Allen, since they made the AFC playoffs, AFC championship game three years ago, four years ago, every season has pointed to games like this. Every season is about how close to the Super Bowl or if they can win the Super Bowl. This is no different. This is a, It's a team that's focused on that. They're good enough to do it. Uh, they're one of a, maybe a handful or bigger teams that could make it all the way to the to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, they certainly are in that conversation. Uh, the city's you know, absolutely going to be crazy. This this game, the, the effects, the the climate and the weather certainly will have an effect on the atmosphere, uh, positive or negative. The people are going to be in there. They're going to be they're going to be rowdy. Yeah. Um, it's going to be it's going to be quite the scene, no question about it. And it's a gift for Buffalo that the game is at one o'clock on a Sunday and not one of the primetime games. Mm-hmm. Steve Tasker with us on Sports fourteen forty. Uh, Schlemmer did mention Bills Mafia. What can you tell us about this song that you were kind of doing for Bills Mafia? Must have had a little bit of fun doing it. The, uh, what song are we talking I think about? I, I just saw you did a song. You got the cigar going and everything. You're just kind of... It's, it's oh, a, yeah. It's not a song. It's a hype video. Wait, okay. yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> Same kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's a there's video. a hype video coming out. They're yeah. going to drop the hype video tonight, I think, around okay. 8 o'clock. Uh, oh, people boy. get to see it. It's a... Uh, the playoffs have started. The, the Super Bowl this year is in Las Vegas. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of a casino feel to the hype video. And, uh, yeah, so we're one of a lot of every team yeah. that will probably pop one of those out. But ours drops tonight, at, at, like, on social media at, like, 8 p.m. How much fun did you have doing it? Oh, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, we have a – every team now has a, a production arm, you know, where they've got a lot of creative people and content people that are really creative, you know, kind of little mini filmmakers and – you know, they went all out on it. They they do a really nice job, and I've learned just to trust them. Do what they tell you to do, and it'll turn out fine. So I've, I'm 
I'm thinking it's going to be good, but oh, yeah. you know, well, we'll find out when it when it pops. So um, it's a lot of fun to do that stuff. It's fun to be a part of an organization that's in the part in the hunt right now, and it's got a chance to go and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, it, it, and this is just one of the small aspects of the fun that that comes with being in the playoffs. Yeah, and what about you? Did a little bit of a field goal challenge with uh, old Sabres goalie Marty Baron. How'd that come about? Oh, what Marty Baron, I can't believe Marty <laughs> put one through the upright. I cannot believe from how that. far. Um, it's hilarious. It's, he he did it. You, you know, of course they. Now let me just be real. Now they only showed you the ones they wanted to show you because yeah. uh, Marty had some. Marty had some pretty ugly kicks too. So uh, it was it's a lot of fun. Marty's a buddy of mine, so it was fun. And uh, uh, that you know, it, I I was I, I put up a little bit of a fight that he beat me, but you know what are you going to do? Um, ch- Charity is the major thing, right? That's right. Everybody wins when you do it for for charity, and that's uh, it was great to see it happen, and uh, a lot of fun to be a part of it. Did you? Did Marty say you brought out a special boot, like a special some special footwear? Oh yeah, I had. I was the emergency kicker for the Bills mm-hmm. way, 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 way back, and I was a straight on kicker, really? like old style kicker. I wasn't a soccer style, and I did that. I, I had the thing in my attic, so the young guy, the young creative guys. So I said, I'll bring it. So I brought that shoe <laughs> and um, and put it on. I got. I get. It still fit. So you should have won. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was fun to do it. It was fun to do it. Uh, you know, and Steve, you had such a wonderful career and a close connection with your coach, Marv Levy, who coached so many years in Canada in the CFL. When you when I say the name Marv Levy, what's that mean to you? What did he do to you or for you to uh, kind of make you the person and the player that you were and are? Well, Marv's one of the great human beings of all time. I know he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, here in Canton, Ohio. He's a wall of famer here for the Buffalo Bills, of course. Um, but I tell people who ask, he, if there was a, a hall of fame for human beings, Marv would be in that too. Uh, I owe him a great deal. Uh, well, we just He was just up here in Buffalo a couple of weeks ago. He was there for the opening kickoff of the game against the Patriots. Uh, I got a chance to spend some time with him, sit down with him. And, and whenever we go, the team has now started to play Chicago Bears in the preseason and Marv is a Chicago guy. So every time we go to Chicago, once every summer, we'll sit down with him and have dinner with him and his wife. And, mm-hmm. and I, I can't say enough good things about Marv Levy and what he has meant to me and my family, uh, my career, my professional life, but also as a friend and a mentor, he is just uh, off the charts, an amazing human being. And I, if any of you, any listening or whatever, you ever get a chance to meet and speak with him, uh, take advantage of it. Uh, it is a gift. Uh, uh, 98, I think, and still just sharp as attack. Yes, he is 98 attack and uh, great, has always had a fantastic sense of humor, very self-effacing. He mm. never takes himself too seriously. Um, while everybody everybody treats every word out of his mouth as the consummate bit of wisdom, he never takes himself seriously. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a it's a a balance that only Marv can strike. Well, Steve, really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, thanks for hopping on. Enjoy the games this weekend, uh, NFL wildcard weekend, especially uh, the Bills and Steelers. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Bye-bye. That's Steve Tasker, former NFLer and Buffalo Bills analyst. And, you know, you know one thing that uh, we never got to it, but a lot of people get Steve Tasker confused. I don't know if you remember this. Remember Leon Lett, Dallas played Buffalo and Leon Lett was running in for a touchdown and a guy came out of nowhere and knocked the ball out of his hand. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, but a lot of people mistake 
Steve Taz, that was Don Beebe who did it, who who knocked the ball out and, you know, it's a play that you see all the time on NFL films and all. But for many years, a lot of people mistake uh, mistakenly said that it was Steve Tasker because uh, it, the play happened quickly and, you know, whatever and, yeah. and things like that. But And, of course, he was a big special teams guy. Like he, I mean, and the other thing, too, that we never got to, and maybe we'll do it another time, uh, you know, he's been close to being on the ballot for the – for for Canton for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, oh you yeah, know, they, they, there's so many players. Think about that. Like you, you talk about the NHL or the the Hockey Hall of Fame, not the NHL, but and how you gauge guys and some guys. Well, he's close. He's close. You know. So think about all the NFL players. It's hard when you're comparing oh, eras. There's a lot more eras tons, in the NFL, right? Tons and tons. So you know, obviously, he's been out of the game a long time. He's been in that conversation i think they start with 48 guys or something like that i believe he got down to top 30 and i think then they whittle it down to a dozen or 18 and then it keeps going and going and, and going so he's been just on the outside uh, uh, he's close i mean he was like again he was a, a, a wide out and they had some great players you know uh, you know reed and guys like that in buffalo you know back in the day when they had all those powerhouse teams with jim kelly yeah but a great special teams player as well. Uh, when we come back, it's our St. Albert Dodge game of the day. We are going to uh, profile tonight's AJHL tilt between Spruce Grove Saints and the Sherwood Park Crusaders. We'll have uh, Saints head coach Ryan Marsh with us uh, coming up. Carrie Schlumpko on Sports 1440 right after the break. What is this, Country Wednesday, Duke? Yeah. Country Music Wednesday? Schlumpko's favorite. <laughs> Did you request this, Schlemmer? No. No, I did not. Oh, you don't like country? I, I don't mind it. I got to listen to it all day. My wife's a huge country fan. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's all it's ever on in my house. What's she like? All of Dolly it. Parton and all that stuff or what? Uh, maybe not that far back, but like like 90s, 2000s country, you know? Beautiful. Pam Tillis, maybe. I can tell you. One of my favorites. <laughs> uh, time now for the game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Over 300 new Dodge, Ram, and Jeeps available. 0% financing for up to 72 months on select models. 0% also available on Ram 1500s. They've got 165 Ram 1500s all dressed up waiting for you as well. Check them out at stalbertdodge.com as we welcome in head coach of the uh, Spruce Grove Saints, Ryan Marsh, back to the program. Marshy with Kevin Carries and David Schlemko. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Uh, good to be on with you guys this morning, Kevin. Yeah, you used to train Schlemmer. What, what's this all about? <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a summer uh, quite a few years back uh, where I helped out a little bit. Um, yeah, I think he was actually, uh, I think I was training with Ian Gallagher and I helped Ian out oh, a little yeah. bit during those years and uh, spent some time with him. Those were, uh, those were good days. You could just see the potential, I'm assuming, Marshy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's funny. Uh, I think that was that was. Uh, I think you were playing in Medicine Hat at the time, and yeah, um, there was obviously big things ahead for you. So it was uh, it was uh, neat for myself as kind of a young coach, young uh, doing a little bit of fitness stuff in those days to be able to work with some of these up and coming players uh, during that time that ended up going on to have uh, mm-hmm. some great careers. Yeah, I think I think Heather ran our group. Was that was that your wife? No, no, I wasn't. Okay, my bad. Uh, Some, somebody's yeah, you're wife. Getting, you're, you're getting mixed up, yeah. Um, it was one of the other trainers that was there, uh, his wife. Ah, okay, my bad. Um, that was but, a few uh, years ago no, now. Was, 
Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was a good group there. Good group of, uh, I think Mark's district was in that group. Okay. Johnny Boychuk um, was there once in a while. Johnny Boychuk <laughs> was there, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, some really, some, some players that had some really good careers that were still uh, kind of cutting their teeth at the at the junior level in those days. But uh, uh, some guys that had some really good careers, including yourself. Wow, Mar- Marshy, how'd you keep tabs on all these young bucks there, like 19, 20 years old and things like that? <laughs> It's fun. It's uh, like the same thing now, you know, getting to work with uh, these guys that um, that bring good energy, that are aspiring to get to the next level and um, keeps you young, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, your young team in Spruce Grove uh, up uh, with a tough test tonight. Uh, Short Park Crusaders playing very well, ranked second in the AJHL table, just behind Brooks in the one division league now. Uh, what do you make of tonight's tilt at Grand Fury Arena? Well, yeah, we got a we got a challenge in front of us. Like you said, a um, a great team uh, uh, cross town rival in Sherd Park, and a team that that, that that really plays quick and fast and has a lot of skill. Um, you know, they're an exciting team to watch, and um, we're going to have to be at our best tonight. We're going to have to be at our best. Um, it's an opportunity to play them in our in our rink for the first time this year. Our first game, kind of home game against them, we played in Nisku. Uh, Mm-hmm. Um, before Christmas but um, yeah we're looking forward to the challenge and like you said a really good team that's a really good year Alright Ryan for maybe a bit of an outsider like myself from the AJ I don't get to see a whole ton of games but um, just looking online over the past I don't know how many years it's always Brooks and Spruce Grove so it looks like you guys I don't want to say taking a step back but maybe rebuilding a little bit do you guys have maybe a bit younger team this year and kind of trying to build uh, the program back up? Yeah, no, I'm not sure it was necessarily looked at as a rebuilding year by any means. Um, um, you know, we're not where we, we'd like to be, uh, certainly at this point in the year. Um, but the league has become, uh, there, is, there is much more parity, um, I think, as, as time's gone on, especially this year. There's some, there's some obviously, Brooks is um, still at the top, but, um, you know, we just talked about Orchard Park and, how they've continued to get better over the last number of years. Uh, Black Falls, Okotoks is always a strong team. White Court's having a good year this year. And I, I just think there's a little bit more parity. And um, I do think, you know, there's always turnover. There's there's players that, uh, you know, we lost um, from last year's group, which is a really good team. Um, but um, we have a really good group of, of young, uh, young players and some good veteran guys. And, you know, our focus right now is to, to finish the year really strong and um you know uh be uh be a really tough out going into uh the playoffs ryan marsh our guest on sports 1440 did you make some tweaks at the deadline here uh moving forward for the second half marshy well there's still some time here kevin um you know today is the deadline so there may be a little bit of movement um we did we did add uh uh, brisson from from camrose is is joined us and we added a local player and uh, Dylan Ruptash is an Edmonton product. Um, we got uh, out of the, uh, the the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Have both been really good additions here um, over the last uh, week or so. We're really excited for have both of them in our lineup, and we do feel right now, our, as our our team is um, um, you know is, is is at its strongest point right now with the additions we made and the way that we've we've been trending. So we're excited for um, you know uh, the last stretch of the year here. 
Ryan, going back to just how, how much things change year over year at this level, um, just looking at Brooks' roster, they, they have a lot of players from outside of Alberta. I'm um, just wondering, is, is recruiting, that's got to be a huge part of it in your league, and maybe what do you guys do to kind of have a get whatever advantage you can in the recruiting process? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, obviously building a good program you know, is the biggest thing and having a program that's, that's got a, a winning culture and, and a, a reputation of developing, you know, good hockey players and getting them on to, at this level, the, the goal is to get them on to the NCAA and, and um, have your, you know, your, your, uh, your players um, get scholarships at that level and beyond. Um, and so that's a big thing, but you're, you're right. Um, you know, I had, uh, I was an assistant coach in the mid 2000s in Spruce Grove and, in the league for a number of years before I left to go to the Western League, and there's certainly a lot more outside, um, you know, players outside Alberta coming into to the league. Um, you look at a team like Brooks, and there's only a few players from Alberta. A lot of their players are coming from um, from out east, um, from other provinces in Canada, and then there's a lot of players coming from the U.S. that uh, that, that come up this way, and you know, obviously looking for scholarships. So um, there is a lot of recruiting. Um, you know we're we're fortunate here that we have a, a pretty good base of local talent in this area, and um, you know I think when it's all said and done, we'd love to have keep the best players that we want to pursue opportunity at the NCAA level, level close to home, and 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 play in, in, in Spruce Grove, and and so you know we've got a, a good a good chunk of, of local players from around the area, um, but there's also um, a recruiting factor too to to get players from outside the. Um, to get to players from outside Alberta as well as from the U.S. to kind of fill out your roster and, and stay competitive at this level. So that must go like a lot on the reputation of your program, I'm assuming then, because I've driven through Brooks on the way to Medicine Hat and it don't smell too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, uh, they've they've done a great job to build that program to what it is. Um, they got a new rink. Um, you know, it was. It's been a number of years now, um, but they've they they got a new facility there, and they just kind of built um, um, a really good reputation of of developing the style of play to uh, you know a really fast place, fast paced um, you know modern style, and um, you know they're a place that has has had a lot of players go on to NCAA scholarships, and you know that. That's, that helps with that with recruiting for sure. If you can provide that that opportunity, and um, you know a lot of um, a lot of coaches and scouts from the, that uh, from those teams are, are watching that team closely. So they've, they've done a great job, and um, um, over the n- a number of years to stay close to the top, if not the top, every year. Ryan Marsh, our guest on Sports 1440, head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints. The Saints are home to the Sherwood Park Crusaders tonight. AJHL action at Grant Fuhr. Arena. So, Ryan, you've been coaching for a good decade here, whether it be, as you said, you started kind of as an assistant in Spruce Grove, went on to the Oil Kings and then Saskatoon Blades. Who were some of the coaches when you were playing at, uh, whether it be for the Alberta Golden Bears or even junior, that kind of helped mentor you and maybe some of your coaching philosophy that you might have, I don't know, maybe bored for them to kind of make you the coach you are today? Yeah, another good question, Kevin. Or, you know, I've been really fortunate. Um, you know, had Rob Dom at uh, the University of Alberta, and you know, Rob was um, 
a real student of the game and really learned a lot. You know, you go through junior hockey and, and, and played in the Western Hockey League and, um, you know, it really wasn't until I got to the U of A that I really started to become more of a student of the game and learn just based on, you know, um, you know, Rob being there. Um, and uh, and then from there, you know, I've had just a, a really good opportunity to, you know, to coach with, with other coaches. And when I got into the coaching world, um, you know, the list goes on and on. It, it, you know, Steve Hamilton would be one that we coached together uh you know, junior A. We also coached together um, in the Western Hockey League. Um, I spent a, a couple years with Ian Herbers at the University of Alberta, which were were great years there. And, and learning from him, he had just come from the American League and come back to um, to the U of A to take over that team. Um, you know, still a mentor to this day as well, Steve. Um, you know, and then most recently, I coached with Mitch Love in, in Saskatoon. And Mitch is now. You know, and one of those up-and-coming coaches that will probably be a head coach at some point in the NHL. He's in with the Washington Capitals this year as an assistant. Uh, just won the coach of the year in the American Hockey League with uh, the Calgary Wranglers the last two years. And so just being on his staff and, and seeing how he, you know, would run his practices, run day-to-day operations, run the bench was was exceptional. And, and then last year I spent um, a year in, in the DL in Germany with mm. uh, Hale Kreitz, who's um, now the actually the, uh, the national team coach in Germany and is um, you know an, an older veteran coach, but just just a great opportunity to work with him too. And I just feel so fortunate. You know, I've tried to grab you know different things from from all those coaches and try to apply it to your kind of your own style, your own identity. And um, but you know to this day, still guys that I can lean on and call and and check in on. And just I, I feel really fortunate to you know I've had those mentors over the years. Uh, Ryan, you're a defenseman, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, this is your first head coaching gig? That's right. Okay, so just a question from another uh, fellow defenseman there. Um, when I, I noticed when I went from assistant to associate coach of running the D to a head coach, um, it, it's a bit of an adjustment running the forwards and juggling lines and line combos after special teams and all that kind of stuff. Has that been a bit of an adjustment for you or it's been pretty smooth? Yeah, no, you're 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 bang on. I mean, it, it is um, you know most of my career at all these different levels, you're you're an assistant coach, and you kind of you get your rhythm with you know uh, those responsibilities. Um, as a defenseman, I've been the caretaker of the of the defenseman for the most part in every one of those teams. Um, you know, I made it a I made it a priority over the last number of years to really try to get opportunity to work with the forwards and right. do some of those things. Um, but generally, you know, you're, you're working with the D and you're, you're trying to develop defensemen and then you're rolling, you know, the defensive pairs, which is much different than, you know, being at uh, the other end of the bench and, and, and dealing with the forwards. And um, yeah, it takes like anything, it takes, uh, it takes reps, you know, it takes, yeah. and it takes a rhythm and um, to get into that rhythm and, um, and so there was, you know, um, I would say early in the year, it was, you know, I felt like the preseason was good, some good reps and um, to start the year. But, uh, um, you know, obviously you get comfortable when you get the opportunity to do it over and over again and right. um, try different things, um, um, different, you know, you you, you you learn from, from things from day to day and may adjust a little bit, but... Um, 
you know, and I'm fortunate I have two real good assistants with me on, on the bench here in, in uh, Spruce Grove. So um, they help a lot as well. And um, But it is it is something that, that does take time to, like you said, get that, um, get that familiarity. Hey, Marshy, thanks for uh, hopping on this morning. Really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you guys get a good crowd out there tonight for Spruce Grove and uh, Sherwood Park, your uh, crosstown rivals, and uh, good luck uh, tonight and uh, the rest of the season. Thanks a lot, big guy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Thanks, it, guys. Marcy. All the best to you guys. Yeah. Take care. That's Ryan Marsh, head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints. Uh, tonight uh, should be a good one. Uh, and hopefully nice and toasty at Grand Fury Arena. They got the old top heaters going. The heaters be, going. It's yeah. going to be minus 29 tonight. <laughs> Go and have a, uh, sit in the stands, have a hot chocolate. Should be good. Uh, that's the game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge. See how easy it is to do business with the fine folks, the great people at St. Albert Dodge. Uh, StAlbertDodge.com. You know, uh, we were just talking Brad McCrory. He lined me up with my Ram 1500. He's, uh, me too. And you too. Good friend. All-time penalty minute leader, Fort Saskatchewan Traders. Is he? I don't know if he is all-time. <laughs> I can but see it. if he's not, he's got to be at the top, very near the top of the list. He had a couple 400 penalty minute seasons. Yeah, he kind of seems like he could be that guy. Really? Gets I... the wires crossed. <laughs> <laughs> he's just been a nice, calm, cool, collected guy every time I've talked to him. Oh, so you know what? And we're going to do maybe it's a, a quick little double dip here, Duke. How about a two for one St. Albert Dodge game of the day tonight? 7 15, 7 30 ish at the Meadows. The media game of the day, game A1. of the day <laughs> versus the Oilers alumni. I know Chris Joseph's going to be there. I think Laddie Schmid, they got to Laddie before. I could get to him. He's so playing on the other Laddie's team. Laddie's going to be on the other team. So it's media versus Oilers alumni. Oh, yeah. Duke's Fire in, him. Schlemmer's in. <laughs> I think the two of you guys could be, you know, I th- maybe we're rotating 3D. I don't know. What about Struddy? Struddy said no. He's, he doesn't do anything anymore. <laughs> like, come on. I think hopefully Matt Cassian's going to be okay. He's been nursing a bit of a sickness here. Sore throat, he says. What about Rob Brown? Eddie Steele's in. Rob Brown is going to the Citadel Theater tonight. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, his son's an actor. Right. So yeah, maybe his son's that. playing there. I don't know. What are the chances Laddie puts me right through the glass? I'm pretty high. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be avoiding his side of the How, ice. You know what would be yeah. What if he slams you through the boards and then goes, Duke, I told you, if you would have had that that connection hooked up when I was in check, oh my you know, that's, you had what, I'm, one that's job. what I'm worried about. That's yeah, what I'm worried yeah. about. He had one job to do. And and he's really has not enjoyed some of my uh food <laughs> food takes when it comes to our in or out questions. <laughs> You know what? I wonder if the Meadows uh, sells taco in a bag oh, out of the concession. What if we got one for might have after to, the Might game. have to get one for Just Laddie even post after game. The game. Just going to be like, Laddie, you got to try it. He doesn't taco like taco in a bag? He I don't think like he fully it. understands <laughs> no. what it is because he thinks it's like you're eating it out of a trough or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, he was very against the idea when we brought it up. Uh, his uh, loss, his loss. Yes. When we come back, we're going to play that uh, Darko Ryakovic interview from last night, the Raptors and the Lakers. It's well worth it uh, to play it one more time. Coming up to close things off, uh, Kerry Schlemko on Sports 1440. Stay with us. That's one of the best songs going, CCR. Yeah, that's more like it. John Fogarty, yes. You like that, eh, Duke? Some good classic rock yes. today. Playbook, Vic, playbook, Vic, right off the hop. Definitely need more CCR on the show. Had some CCR, some mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin, had oh. some Black Sabbath. 
And some country. Keeping it classic. Uh, Keeping it classic. And some country. (laughs) So the reason I play that country song, we had the head coach of the Spruce Grove Saints, that band is the um, something Saints. They're they're a Canadian group, pretty like kind of relatively new on the... Could have played When the Saints Go Marching In, too. I don't think that's in the library. okay. (laughs) (laughs) Last night in the NBA, Toronto Raptors lose in L.A. to the Lakers, 132-131. In the fourth quarter alone... The Lakers took 23 free throws. The Raptors took two. It led to this post-game tirade, if you want to call it, from Raptors head coach Darko Ryakovic. Uh, here's another listen. Was that 23 free throws in that fourth quarter? What did you- Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame, shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. Twenty-three free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter. Like how to play the game? I all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible as Scotty Barnes? who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, the, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap. Getting any explanations at all? That offensive foul, did you did you see like get any explanation? No, no, there is no explanation. They just they just come up there, they review what and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They they, they, they don't just want to protect us. Over the game they got thirty six free throws, twenty three free throws in in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? How are we gonna supposed to play? Is this a, a one off or do you feel this has been happening to your team a lot throughout the season? It's happening a lot, but I'm telling our guys, be professional, keep fighting, keep going for the next one. But until when? For how long? That's solid. Darko wow. Ryakovic. Thank you, Doug. He was glad Darko. Doug brought that up. No, he's glad, <laughs> oh, he's glad Doug brought it up. <laughs> the, oh. the, the first question, whoever oh, the, the, the yeah. reporter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Doug. Uh, th- thank you, Doug. <laughs> thank you, Doug. That yeah. sounds like Laddie Daddy fired up on a Thursday morning <laughs> oh, on the radio boy. there. Yeah. We'll have to play that for Laddie tomorrow, too. <laughs> oh, boy. So, I mean, but but again, that leads to the one of the, you know, the questions or whatever for are you in or are you out you could see the oh, passion behind him if you're a player you're ready to run through a brick wall for that guy that was amazing we had a text come in way back i for, i can't even find it anymore but uh it was in the sense of lebron james uh, i don't know if you remember that one that came in about two hours ago duke just LeBron James kind of runs the NBA, if you want to call it that. That's what the texter was alluding to, yeah. and that's why the, you know a star player, etc. And you heard Darko kind of say that too. So I think he was pointing the finger at either LeBron James and or Anthony Davis, you know, stars for the Lakers. So you know, um, I, I can't remember where that text was, what it what it was, but anyway, uh, Oilers in action tomorrow in Detroit. We had a texter. 
earlier as well. I'm just going to paraphrase. After watching Chicago last night, Schlemmer, is there a player on Chicago's roster that you could see the Oilers being interested in here at the trade deadline? And I thought Dickinson, because Dickinson's contract is up. He's he having was a good, good last night. Yeah. yeah, he was really good. Off of Detroit. I don't know. Or, I no, off Chicago. No, this was off Chicago. Yeah. Just after last night. So uh, anyone off Chicago's roster where you could see, well, maybe this guy could help. Chicago's you know, roster. You know, again, and he, you know, we're talking uh, bottom six, really. Bottom six, yeah. There's no one, I mean, there's no one there. I mean, Dickinson. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought he looked really good. That's a good point. We He's, talked about Dickinson about two weeks ago good, when he uh, played here. Checking center, got some good size, skates well, yeah. No one else fits in. I mean, Zaitsev on the blue line is a, is a non, non-starter. non Connor Murphy has too much term and everything else on his uh, contract. Dickinson's $2.65 million and he's a UFA next year. He's 28 years old, so basically a rental. Good rental, a yeah. Good rental, so you're going to end up paying him whatever, figure it out, half of that or not even half, about a million, I guess, out of the, out of the 2.6. Prorated, yeah. Colin Blackwell is the other one that is a UFA, but again, he's he, he you can see him buzzing around. He was in the Oilers' faces a lot last night, but he's just too small. They have enough of that. We already have Ryan. We got mm-hmm. McLeod. He got Hamblin. Um, you wanted to mention, okay, we had the uh, second half of our St. Albert Dodge game of the day. Quick card minor hockey week kicks off. They're having a news conference today at uh, Rogers Place to get things started. Games get underway. Just a couple. There's a couple sprinkled in, but Friday is when it really gets going. But tonight at the Meadows is a big game. The alumni versus the media, and Schlemmer's now media. But opening this goes, ceremony. This goes and opening ceremonies. This goes back and it brings back great memories yeah. for you. So last week for our listeners, I told the story. Um, my last minor hockey week. I uh, was fortunate enough to score the winning goal of the tournament. one on one sudden death overtime. Um, so I was looking back, um, we ended up getting the VHS <laughs> videotape of the news from the the highlights that night and Young From Buck, global television. Global or ITV. I'm not, not yeah. sure what it was at the time. This was probably about 1999, 2000. Okay. We had a young buck, Kevin Carius, calling the global sports that night, and we slipped the, VH in to, or the VHS in to s- see the highlights, and uh, Mr. Carius called me by the wrong name on the call. <laughs> Took away so, my couple seconds of fame. There's no social media back then. So uh, that's all I had. 25 years later, it still happens. People don't forget. No, but I'm still <laughs> messing things up. But 25 years later, yeah. So uh, we were talking about it last week too, and even this week, Schlemmer. We had Daryl Davis in on Monday, who's the honorary chair for Quick Card Minor Hockey Week. We used to do highlights every night. We would yeah. do two games if we could, and you'd send a camera out, and, and it was so hard to get the names right because you couldn't understand. The numbers might be off. Maybe what number? Do you know? Do you remember what number you were? Hard, that's pretty hard to say. Right. But let's just say, just say <laughs> well, you we were. We probably didn't have name bars. Though, well, right? For sure you didn't. But just say you were number nine, and you get this, the, the video comes back, and it's a grainy little, small little monitor, and it could be number eight. Yeah, you know something so you know different in the in in, in like eighteen or nineteen or yeah. you know three and six those were hard too sometimes. Yeah. So we always had problems when a guy was doing TV to get the right names for Quick Card Minor Hockey Week. It happened a lot. 
but I feel bad now. But look, <laughs> we've come full circle. <laughs> yeah. That's all I, right. I screwed I your name up. We 20... didn't call it in. Didn't yeah. call it in and complain. No. Just did not forget. And you still got the VHS. <laughs> I, it's probably in my parents' house somewhere. I'm going to try and find it for well, you. you got it. You got to show the kids. Yeah. I mean, probably. It's, there's a reason why I didn't make it any further than global, I guess. The kids don't care, though. They had, no. they had Jersey Day at school today, and my daughter <laughs> would rather wear an Oilers jersey than one of my old ones. So oh, really? That's how much they care. You got a lot of your old jerseys hang, kicking around there? Maybe they just didn't want to wear one with a daddy name bar. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Playbook Vic says excuses, excuses. So, yeah. so I, I think it was LOL. But again, yeah, when we get, would get the, the camera operator would shoot the game and then he would go down to the penalty box and say, can I shoot the game sheet? Oh, yeah. So, I mean... Think about you got volunteers, people writing down stuff wherever. That was, bef- that was before the stickers for the lineup yes. that you just slapped on. The stickers on there. <laughs> were a big thing. And here's the other thing for a quick card because on the game sheets, they would write, um, I don't know, SW243. Okay, so now you'd have to find that code. So Southwest something, Team 243, you'd look and you'd try to find what team that was. Oh, yeah. It, it a little t- tougher back in the day. It was huh? tough, yeah. I say the internet was probably just getting started right about then. Uh, M M S texts in Dickinson also won thirteen faceoffs last night. No other guy for Chicago won more than two. Top guy says, "Is it possible we can move Connor Brown maybe for the Blackhawks practice something uh, again?" <laughs> I'm so I'm tired of the hate on Connor oh, Brown. Like the guy is snake bitten, a hundred percent, but he does a lot of good things away from the puck. Oh, here's a good one. This is hey, we got a great text from Garrett, and I had this marked down. I didn't like it either. Uh, Dave, what did you th- what did you think about Darnell on his belly for the first goal? Oh, was it a really badly timed slide and yeah. bad angle? Bad starfish, <laughs> eh? That's what they call the old starfish. Yeah. yeah, that was a tough one. So, when it works, it looks great, doesn't it? Yeah. So he he, he's had to have more speed, I think, coming across. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he was too low on the slide. Like he, the Dickinson, he was the one who scored. He, scored, he, he yeah. barely even had to pull it around the stick. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. just had to cut in and shoot. Yeah, and then he had the whole shelf. And I mean, he's it's got good, it's the, a good shot. It was a great shot. Yeah. And you're right; he does have the momentum coming back. But and then when you're when you do that, uh, whatever you do, you call is there a certain I call it starfish sometimes. So nurse is coming in. So he doesn't have enough momentum. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I thought. Um, I call it a slide. I don't okay. know. Some guys do it. Some guys don't. Some guys are really good at it. Some aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, some coaches love when you do it. Like when I was in Calgary, um, we had Bob Hartley and yeah. Jocko, the assistant coach, and we they everyone had to slide. We do two on ones in practice. You had to slide. Um, mm-hmm. When I was in San Jose, I had Bob Bugner as a D coach. He was more like, you know, whatever works for you. Like Brett Burns always slid on a two-on-one. Mark Edward Vlasic never slid, always on his feet. So for me, I think it's personal preference, and some guys are better at it than others. And reading the play? Yeah. I mean, it's a read. It's timing. It's, you know, how far inside the dots Mm -hmm. is that guy with the puck? Do you need to go out and slide and force him to shoot? I think every two-on-one's a little bit different. How good is your gap? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, how good is your speed coming back with the play? DJ Texan, Joey Anderson off the Hawks. Uh, depth, under a million depth winger. I, I mean. He's been a, 
he's I been mean, a minor league up yes. and down guy for how many years? You've already since got, I was playing. Stuff. <laughs> you got, I mean, Brad Malone fits that bill. Yeah, you know. So, uh, hey Schlemmer, thanks for this good stuff uh, today. It was good, Thank and you. we're going to look forward to tonight. You're going to have to really nail down our defensive zone coverage tonight because yeah, we're going to be playing in our end a little bit. Well, <laughs> we got Eddie Steele too. So who's, we can who's do playing for the Oiler alum. Well, I know Chris Joe. I think is on the list. Chris Joseph. Uh, he still moves well. Yes, very well. Ladislav Schmid. If we'll see what happens, we might have to coax him over to the other side. Uh, he should be on our team. Well, sure he is. He's you know he's media now. Yeah. And uh, they've got some other. I mean, they always bring out the big. They're not going to see their lineup. They're scared. That's how it works. <laughs> Have they seen our lineup? No, our lineup lineup is so bad. I was going to say, as long as they haven't seen our lineup, then maybe they might be a little like, uh, they might have a little trepidation. But as soon as they get our our side of the game book, they're going to be laughing and just crushing beers before warm-ups. We got, well, Mindariwal is probably our top forward. Yikes. A lot of offense uh, from the back end, maybe. Uh, old Schlemmer doing the old uh, the patented toe drag. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe a couple. <laughs> Mix it in. Yeah. Uh, Steele takes in this Eddie, puck moving defenseman, Eddie Steele. I don't know, Eddie. There I think you're playing forward tonight, Eddie. <laughs> oh, too many guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we can't all play defense. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, thanks to all our guests that came on today. Liam Hrobin from Oilers Nation. Mark Spector, of course, every day at 8 o'clock. Kristen Shilton, NHL on ESPN. Uh, Stan Marple from the Golden Bears. And Steve Tasker, man, some great insight uh, with the Buffalo Bills as they get ready for their wildcard game with Pittsburgh. And, of course, our co-host on Wednesdays, David Schlemko, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out CougarCollision.com. Hey, we've got to sneak in one more from the hammer. Don't expect a lot of goals from Laddie. (laughs) (laughs) One final dig. Yeah, for sure. Come on out to the Meadows tonight. Have a look. It'll uh, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Coming up to top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with the former Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. Uh, at uh, 12 o'clock, it is the lowdown with Alan Mitchell. 2 o'clock till 6 is uh, the drive home show with Jason Greger. Thanks so much to all our listeners and thanks for all the texts. Really had some fun with uh, our texters and our listeners uh, interacting today on uh, Sports 1440. We are back tomorrow, bright and early at 7 o'clock. Before that, it is Fantasy Frenzy. And even before that, here is the Duke with the Sports 1440 update. Have a great day, everyone.